Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on trends emerging. Uh, this show is brought to you in partnership with the Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Helen Quigley, Head of Operations and Stakeholder Management at the First Home Scheme. Helen, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. Delighted to be here. Um, Helen, people will have heard about the first home scheme. Um, certainly, you know, there's been a great launch since the summer about first home scheme, but they might not be aware of how it works and perhaps eligibility criteria. So you might just take us through the scheme as it stands. I will, Carol. Yeah, delighted to. So the first home scheme, as you mentioned, was launched in July of last year. And the purpose of the scheme is to bridge the affordability gap for first time buyers. So at a really basic level, the scenario that we're looking to step into is where a purchaser has identified the house that they'd like to purchase. Uh, They have their deposit. They have their mortgage approval from one of three lenders that we work with. So it's AIB, Bank of Ireland and PTSB. I'll explain a bit more about that in a minute. So they have their deposit. They have their mortgage and they still have a gap between the sum of their deposit. So what we do then is based on a fund that has been put together by the government and the three banks that I outlined there earlier, we have a fund available where we can step in and fill that gap, provide funding to that home buyer in order to fill the gap and allow them to purchase the home that they're they're looking to buy in exchange for what we call an equity share in their property. So okay. maybe if I explain, sorry, Carol. Yeah, no, what I was going to ask first, Helen, is can you just confirm for me that the definition of first time buyer that you're also adopting the fresh start principle correct we are that's right that's right so people who are um who have previously been been um married and are divorced and separated or indeed those who have gone through bankruptcy or other insolvency proceedings and have given up their interest in the family home are also eligible and they qualify under the fresh start principle for the first home scheme that's correct very yeah. good. Thank you. Now, you might just talk us through maybe uh, the types of applicants who would be eligible. OK, no problem. No problem. So there's a couple there's a couple of different uh, eligibility criteria. So the main the first one really is that you have a mortgage approval from one of the three banks that I, I outlined. The second one is that you are a first time buyer. Or qualify under the Fresh Start principle, as, as, as we just said. Um, And then once you have selected the house that you're looking to buy, um, it must be within certain property price ceilings. So these are published on our website um, and the property price ceilings are set by local authority area. They're split between apartments and houses. So you'll see what the the limits are there. And so as long as your property is within, within those property price ceilings, you're still taking another box to be eligible. Um, and then, depending on, you're eligible for an amount of 30% if you're not using help to buy, or an amount of 20% from the first home scheme if you are using help to buy. So it's important for people to know, Carol, that the help to buy scheme is something that can be used in conjunction with the first home scheme, which is great for customers because it really does give them a fairly significant uplift and really increase the possibility of them getting onto the property, onto the property ladder, which, which is their ultimate aim. Um, there are some further checks then carried out, but they are the primary um, requirements of the, of the applicant themselves. The 
house must be a new build in order to qualify for the scheme, um, a new build in a private development. Um, and other than that, what, what I would strongly recommend that people do is go onto our website. We have an eligibility calculator there. And you can key in your own specifics in terms of what deposit you have of mortgage, have a purchase price you're looking at, where the property is located, and you get fairly, fairly, very quick feedback on whether or not you're likely to be eligible. And then you can journey on through from there um, in conjunction with your mortgage process. Very good. Helen, the, the process seems very straightforward. In terms of the property price ceiling, ceilings, were they set back in July? That's right, Carol, they were. So they were set based on the median price for a new home in the relevant local authority areas. They were set in July. We have committed to reviewing them twice yearly and already in December of last year, we undertook our first review of the property price ceilings and revised some of them on our website from the beginning of January in this year. So again, just to, to align them with the, the prices that we're seeing out there in the market at the moment for a certain number of local authority areas. So yeah. there'll be another review in the middle of the year then as well. Absolutely. So a twice year review of the price ceilings, that's fantastic because we know that actually um, while the, the rate of increase uh, in property prices has certainly fallen off, there is still an increase. I suppose the difficulty is around the criteria of new bills because there are just so few new bills being brought to the to the individual buyer market and, and sales market. So actually, you might just, if, if, perhaps if you could uh, share some of the information about the application so far. So what geographic area are they, are they coming from? So we have a good spread of what we call approvals, mm -hmm. which is applicants confirmed as eligible. So they get their eligibility cert, which is the first kind of um, landmark in the process that, that, the, that they need to achieve. So we have... From the 26 local authority areas that are covered, we currently have eligibility certs issued or approvals provided in 24 of those 26 counties. Now, we do see that most of the take-up is in the main urban and commuter areas. Um, and that's reflective of, as you say, the level of new build that's going on in those areas, coupled with the level of first-time buyer activity. Um, we are trying to raise awareness around, further awareness around the scheme so that people know that it's there. We've launched since the beginning of this year quite a significant social media campaign. And actually we can see that our numbers in terms of eligibility certs and um, facilities extended by the First Home Scheme have, have grown significantly since the beginning of the year. So that's, that's kind of how it's sitting at the moment. We are keen to obviously get as many eligibility certs like 26 local authorities out of 26 local authorities would be our ultimate aim. And in the areas that have low numbers to increase those as much as possible. And actually one of the second, one of the second aim of the scheme, in addition to helping people bridge the affordability cap, gap is to encourage supply of new build homes in the country as well. So that's, as, as you say, a key, um, a key objective of ours and, and, the success of the scheme ultimately will depend upon the availability of stock to, to meet to, to meet the needs of, of our first home scheme customers. You know, Helen, it occurs to me that most of the issues we're talking about when we're talking right across um, the current housing crisis, everything points back to supply. So almost everything needs to be 
encouraging new supply to come into the market. And certainly that needs to happen right across the country, not just in the main urban centres. Um, over the last number of months uh, on the show here, we've started to, to we started to speak to more uh, first time buyers and mortgage applicants and indeed self builders. And um, we're coming across some really common issues and they are uh, people buying a loan. So single people just tend to find it more difficult in the current market. Um, so that's that's one of the big challenges. The second is anybody who is self-employed. So for those two additional challenges, um, for the, you know, is the first home scheme potentially suitable for applicants like that? So taking your first point, Carol, around single applicants, um, we have seen quite a high level of interest from single applicants to the first home scheme. So at the moment, it's kind of a, a 45, 55% split between single applicants and couples. Um, so certainly we're, we're seeing quite, quite, quite a significant take up. Obviously, it depends on them getting their mortgage in the first instance, because they need to come to the table with approval and principle for their mortgage. But we're certainly seeing quite a number of those of those single applicants. Um, in terms of self-employed, the, sa the, same, the same applies to them in that as long as they can get their mortgage approval in principle, they therefore potentially qualify for the first home scheme. We don't have any income limits um, as part of our eligibility criteria. Um, it's literally the funding gap that you have, whether the property falls in the property price ceiling. Um, and again, we'll fund up to 20 or 30 percent. So we don't we don't take income or repayment capacity into in, into consideration just because of, I suppose, the, the uniqueness of the, the product. It's an equity share. You're not pay. You don't have a monthly repayment cycle like you would with a mortgage. Um, and in fact, that's one of the things that's very flexible about the first home scheme equity share is that the repayment side of it is very flexible. So if you so choose, you could elect not to pay it back until 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, or for when you sell the home, for example. Or alternatively, you might be one of these people who comes into money maybe five years down the line or 10 years down the line, and you want to repay some or all of, or all of the equity share. Now, one thing I should point out is that there is a service charge that applies to the equity share amount from the beginning of year six of ownership of the property. Mm -hmm. But again, that service charge can also be deferred. So you can choose to roll that up and pay it at the end at no additional cost, if you so choose. So we're seeing we're seeing kind of different, different, we're getting different feedback from customers in terms of a lot of them are very happy at the time when they're purchasing the new home, they have a lot of expense going on. So they're very happy to push out any thought of repaying the FHS equity share and the service charge until much further down the line. While others come to the table and even at application stage, they're very keen to start understanding what their repayment options are and how soon they can start repaying and how often they can repay during the year, which and they can they can make up to two repayments per year um, against the equity share. Um, Helen, one of the important things to point out about the scheme is that it's not necessarily a state scheme. So you might just understand or help us to understand the formation of of uh, this initiative, how it came to be, because I genuinely think that's important. Because uh, the real um, explaining to homeowners that we're not talking about a set amount, that we're talking about a percentage in terms of equity, and that percentage increases 
uh, or sorry, that percentage stays the same. So the value of the home may increase or decrease, which means the sum may increase or decrease, but the percentage equity stays the same. And sometimes that's quite difficult for buyers to understand if they're trying to plan for maybe five years down the line or 10 years down the line. Yeah. So there's two things there, Carol. First of all, as you say, while the state are one of the shareholders, they're the, they're the main shareholder in the scheme, Um. There, in total, there's a fund of 400 million euro that has been put together by the state and by the three banks that I called out earlier. So AIB, including EBS and Haven, BOI and PTSB. So they're the four partners or the four shareholders in the scheme at the moment. So you're right to say it's not it's not just a state scheme. It's actually state plus the three banks together. Um, in terms then of the equity share, yes, you're right. So it's probably best for me to illustrate by way of example. And um, how it works. So say, for example, in a scenario where you're looking to buy a house that's, say, €400,000 purchase price, you have your deposit of €40,000. Um, you're approved for a mortgage of, say, €280,000. So that gives you €320,000. So you can see you have an €80,000 gap between the three twenty and the four hundred, dollars which uh, you need in order to purchase your home. So for that €80,000, that, that's one-fifth or 20% of the purchase price of the home. So we will give you that €80,000 in exchange for a 20% equity share in your home. So go back to the point that you were making earlier. If your home increases in value, so say, for example, you go to sell your home in 10 years' time and it's increased in value to €500,000. Well, at that point, then, while we gave you funding of €80,000 at the outset, your repayment amount becomes... 20% of the 500,000 euro of the new uh, value on the property. So it's 100,000 euro then is the repayment amount at that stage. But similarly, if the house goes down to 300,000 euro in value, it's 60,000 euro or one fifth, 20% of the 300,000 euro is what, is what is repayable to the first home scheme at that stage. So we kind of share in the upside and the downside, the property increase and the property decrease um, possibilities within the market. I think that's such an important point because actually um, so many of our schemes are one way. So the state doesn't get the benefit of uh, inflation and house price increases, whereas and, and obviously nobody has a crystal ball. And I think the market is at an unpredictable stage where it's difficult to see it as anything other than a peak right now. Um, you know, so actually there could certainly be some downside before you see any upside. But in the long term, is the plan essentially for the success of this scheme to feed into the initial 400 million budget? And so it becomes a self-sustaining initiative for first-time buyers. So at the moment, um, we have shareholders, obviously, who who, who um, need to be repaid. So we anticipate that we will support up to 8,000 home buyers over a period of four to five years. So that's as things stand at the moment. Um, but obviously, depending on the success of the scheme, um, that may or may change down the line. But certainly that's what we're funded for at the moment. And that's our um, that's our plan. And um, does this cover self-bills? Currently, no, Carol. So it is something that we have been looking at within the first home scheme. So it's quite a different purchase process, as you may be aware, for a self-build versus a, a new home. So we're uh, looking at it um, 
uh, to see how how and whether it could be incorporated within the first home scheme. Um, and I, I fully appreciate that uh, a huge part of this is to help first time buyers, but a part of this is also to stimulate new supply uh, nationwide, maybe de-risking new supply in certain areas outside of the main urban centres where home builders might be struggling with with uh, viability issues right now. But do you ever see a stage where a, this scheme or one similar to it could be used for secondhand homes? Um, I suppose anything is possible, Carol. <laughs> and we're guided by our, our board and our shareholders in terms of the parameters of the scheme. So it's it's launch. It was launched for the purpose of addressing the first time buyer and fresh fresh start principle. Though that cohort of buyers, um, but I suppose like in as much as we have recently opened up to, we've extended the scheme, um, to include tenants who have received a notice of termination and are being evicted from their properties and are looking to purchase the property. They can they have the option of using the first home scheme as long as they meet all the other eligibility criteria. So that means. That that would be a secondhand property so then, obviously. Be, yeah. So that's that's the only deviation to date into the secondhand into the secondhand market. But as I say, any any further extension or move into the secondhand market would be, but with the agreement of our our board. Does that particular exemption fall under the current initiative for keeping tenants in situ? It does. It does. It does. It's one of the supports that's available. So anybody, obviously, who has received a notice of termination, they 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 deal with their their um their house, their local authority housing officer in the first instance to understand the range of initiatives. But this mm-hmm. is one of the initiatives. So since uh, the seventeenth of April, we've been op- open to applicants from uh, who have received, as I say, a notice of termination and are looking to purchase that property that they're living in and have a funding gap. That's a really interesting one there, because actually I feel this is something that we're going to see more of in the marketplace at the moment as we're seeing um, maybe the handover of development schemes that were entirely PRS maybe into into social and private. Um, and obviously they're going to be have tenants in situ. So we're looking at the, the range of supports that might be available for them. So actually having access to this might be a really good route to home ownership for them. Um, so I, I can see the benefits there. Given that the initial plan is kind of four to five years in length and you're, what, nine, ten months into your first year, where are you in terms of the not just the volume of applicants, but the quantum of money that those applicants require and the 400 million budget? So we have issued approvals um, to, as at the end of quarter one, we have issued over um, 1,300 approvals. Um, so we have committed um, over 90 million of our budget to those who have been approved. Um, and we're seeing for uh, drawdowns that have taken place, we're seeing the actual value of equity being in the range of 70,000 euro per house. To give you a, a measure of kind of the, the run rate. So not, now I suppose it's important to be clear that um, eligibility approval is the first step in the approval process. It's once you have your application principle and, and you meet the key eligibility criteria. But obviously there's a number of further checks and balances that happen prior to 
getting your uh, customer contract, your first home scheme contract into your hand and the drawdown to occur. But we expect the, the majority, the significant majority of those approvals to materialise into, into uh, drawdowns and new homes for those people, ultimately. Well, I, I presume one of the factors there influencing that is the supply of new homes of in course. that budget range. Yes, and of so, course. You know, I, again, I, I understand you were saying that the the uh, pri- uh, the the ceiling range was reviewed in January. So can you see already, are you running into issues there where there's a lack of affordable new bills or a lack of new bills that fall within that medium ceiling? So certainly when we did the review at year end, we did have, we made changes across a number of local authority areas um, to align to the the supply that was available after and and what what was becoming apparent to us in terms of challenges um, of supply remaining within or being within the property price ceilings of the local authority areas. So there was quite a significant alignment done at the end of the year. I think we consider ourselves to be in fairly good stead at the moment with the property price ceilings. Um, As I say, there will be, as we've committed to our board, there will be another review in June, but we don't anticipate it to be as far-reaching um, an update as, as we would have seen at year end. Um, is there anything you can tell us emerging about um, uh, amongst the applicants there in terms of trends? Because, I, look, for, for example, I think it's particularly interesting that you have that spread of kind of 45 to 55 percent between single and uh, single applicants and couples. And I don't know the stats, but I would imagine that that's a lot higher than we see in the marketplace. Um, because we know that single people have challenges, actually, and it's not in in getting a mortgage. It's in getting a mortgage to the amount that they can buy in their chosen area. So, I, I you know, so that's a really interesting trend emerging. Are there any other trends that you can pull out across the 24 counties um, yeah. and the applicants? So uh, actually, our uh, age profile is quite interesting as well. So like the the majority are, as you would expect in the first instance, between 25 and 35 years of age. But interestingly, we also have quite a, quite a significant percentage in the 35 to 45 age group. So it's it's not far behind 35 to 45. So we're seeing that the profile of the first time buyer is the age profile is is kind of uh, between 25 and 45, but certainly not all not all squashed down at the lower age ranges, which is quite quite interesting. But it's well spread. Well, I, what's really well, over the last year when we've spoken to estate agents and buyers agents, particularly the emerging picture is one of a much older first time buyer. So I have seen some yeah. stats to put them at 34, which is yeah. just within your first price bracket there to That's kind right. of 36 which is yeah. just outside of that price bracket. So actually, yeah. the surprising thing for me is that there's 25-year-olds applying applying for this. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that, that's one of the surprises. But we are seeing that the in from, coming from the traditional mortgage data, first-time buyers have definitely aged upwards, yeah. you know, putting them around the 34 mark. So actually, the, the first-home scheme might be a way to help people get on the ladder sooner rather than later. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So rather than waiting until they have, you know, saved that extra amount of a deposit, which will allow them to get a slightly larger mortgage, that we can actually step in sooner to, to, to bridge that gap. And as you say, for single people, like if single people were struggling to get, you know, mortgages of sufficient uh, amount to purchase their home, 
obviously, if they come to us with their mortgage and it's not sufficient to purchase their home, we're, we're there exactly for that reason, to fill that gap. So for the, when they've maximised the mortgage and if they still don't have enough, that's where we step in. So hopefully we are um, making the lives of those single people easier in their search to, to find and get themselves into a new home. Um, Helen, I'm, I'm, this is actually something that I've spoken to home buyers, intending home buyers about over the last number of months. And I was surprised that people might have known there was a scheme, but people can discount any initiatives thinking, oh, well, the eligibility criteria, you have to jump through hoops and they're afraid of the paperwork. They think it's overly bureaucratic. You know, like from, from start to finish, how long does it take for people to get that sort of eligibility? Oh, it's, well, you'll do, you'll get your, your initial sense um, online immediately once you key in the details into the calculator. And then in terms of getting the formal eligibility search in your hand that allows you then to go shopping around looking for the house of your dreams, um, we're talking days, not weeks, Carol. So it really is very fast. Like the feedback to date on the scheme has been really positive from those who have gone through the process. And one of the things that they're particularly positive about is the speed um, at which at which things move. So the, from the speed to getting their certificate, eligibility certificate, and then the remainder of the process works in tandem with your mortgage drawdown process. So it's only as long as it takes you to, to get from approval in principle to mortgage drawdown. But certainly for, for the eligibility cert on the first home scheme side, it, it's days and it's not weeks. That's that's really great news. Thank you so much. And look, finally, um, and, and perhaps this isn't a question you, you can answer, but I, I'll ask it anyway. Um, because you're you're operating now in 26 counties, do you have a line of sight on new developments? Um, you know, th- that your that your applicants will be able to avail of because we know there's such a shortage of new homes coming to the for sale market. And um, do, you, do you have kind of a line of sight on that pipeline there? Can you see areas where you feel you'll be able to direct applicants? We obviously are. So we've been on rich data ourselves in terms of what we collect from, from the various applicants, but also we're constantly keeping an eye to the market, constantly looking at what's up there and what's coming down, down the tracks. We stay in touch. We regularly meet with various um, industry bodies, um, developers, etc., to try to understand what's coming down the tracks and to try as much as possible to make, to make the purchasers of those homes or potential purchasers of those homes um, aware of the first home scheme as a, as a means um, of getting the home that otherwise they couldn't afford. Very good. Look, um, I, I think there's a lot to be hopeful there for buyers. And in fact, you know, one of the things while um, this is one of the schemes, obviously, we're encouraging anybody, first time buyer and home buyer who is looking and actually for those who are in the rental market and struggling, maybe to just look up housing for all. There's a whole range of supports there. And I think people aren't very good at uh, maybe educating themselves on the schemes that are there. And there's been, um, you know, not only are there a, a kind of a wealth of schemes there now through the local authorities and through uh, the first or uh, the Housing for All scheme, but actually some of those schemes have been improved in recent months um, uh, with criteria actually made more generous. So certainly we know there's so many routes to get on to the property market that while the the marketplace is still difficult, affordability is absolutely an issue. Um, you know, schemes like this do help to bridge that affordability gap uh, for first time buyers and bearing in mind for people listening in that first time buyer, that criteria really, the definition of first time buyer has been extended uh, to those 
who um, actually, Helen, you might just explain it and repeat that there, because I just think it's so important that there's people there who don't understand they will qualify as a first time buyer. And I, we don't want anybody excluded from the scheme unnecessarily. Yeah. So, so Carol, as we outlined at the beginning, the scheme also extends to home buyers who qualify under the Fresh Start principle. So Fresh Start is where you have been married, the relationship has broken down, you've separated, divorced, um, you've given up your interest in the family home, or you have been through bankruptcy or other insolvency proceedings and similarly give up your, given up your interest in the family home. You then fall into that category of Fresh Start principle and uh, uh, qualify for the first home scheme as an eligible home buyer for the first home scheme, along with those other first time buyers. Super. And um, Helen, thank you so much. And finally, the the website for people to find information and start the application process. So the website is www.firsthomescheme.ie. Super. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. It's great to hear of another new scheme that might actually help home buyers and help to bridge that affordability gap. And I, I really, I suppose the, the biggest issue right now is supply, but initiatives like this do help to encourage supply because it de-risks development for home builders right across the country so we want to make sure that home builders are aware of this as well so thank you so much that was Helen Quigley Head of Operations and Stakeholder Management at First Home Scheme um, and that's all we've time for today my thanks to producer Kate Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media and huge thanks to our show sponsor Property District changing the narrative of the industry if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio And thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of Property Roundup on iProperty Radio.